Welcome to another episode of Distry. My name is Kirk from walruscarp.com, and tonight we are going back to Phantom Manor. But this time, we let you kind of on a cliffhanger uh, entering into the grand ballroom of Disneyland Paris's Haunted Man- Mansion version, which is known as Phantom Manor. Tonight, we'll take you all the way through the grand hall and then into the boudoir, which replaces attics. For most people who are from the States, you notice and recognize there is an attic right after that. There is none in Disneyland Paris. And then we will go into the catacombs section. Uh, so that's what we're going to cover. Uh, and we'll save Phantom Canyon for next episode. With me, as always, is the wonderful, ever popular out in Disneyland uh, historian giving out stickers like crazy to all of her adoring fans and for her well-researched content, Kate, the Disney Cicero. Kate, how are we doing this evening? Uh, well, I don't know what to do after that introduction. <laughs> that was. It's pretty much like the normal introduction is uh, always you're aloof and confused. Yeah, that pretty much. That's because I'm like, what just happened? Yeah. No, I'm I'm doing really great, and I I really have um, loved get digging into this series to get into the nitty gritty details of the Phantom Manor, not just like how is it different than the U.S. parks, but uh, what was the original concepts? What things did they maybe not use? What you know? What things do we miss? The little tiny details that we miss, like like we do with everything yeah. history. So we gotta we gotta show them the things. Yeah, and I know. Uh, prepping for this particular episode and i contacted you and i was like look we can't just like rush through phantom canyon because there's just too much there's too much there so we're that's gonna be like our halloween yeah i told i told you i was researching (laughs) uh president's portraits to try to line them up and match them up to try to figure out a connection between why they chose who they chose which is a ludicrous thing to do for a half an hour but that's what i spent some of my time today doing yeah i was like researching classic classical literature for the Phantom Canyon. So I was like, we're going to need to like have an episode for that. So that'll be next episode, but let's start though. (laughs) It is true. It's true. So for this episode though, we're going to start in the uh, grand hall or the ballroom, depending on what you want to call it. Shall we start with the concepts for it? Sure. Yeah. I got some concepts. Uh, So one, one thing uh, that we notice a lot from the concept art is Fernando Tenedora has done a lot of what the concepts are from here all the way to almost the end of the attraction. Uh, We've already leaned on some of his art previously, uh, but the first one that I'm going to pull up is I've got kind of like the entrance. I have, I have a bunch of these and they're all kind of like segmented out. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this one's kind of cool. If you recognize and know the, Haunted Mansions here in the States, which most people are familiar with either Disneyland or Walt Disney Worlds, uh, you will recognize that there is a far- fireplace and a <clears throat> like a mantle on top with a open uh, door, which is allowing guests to enter. Uh, and then we also notice a large table with a cake and then a giant staircase. But then that's where things get very different in just this first small section of the concept art uh, in comparison to other haunted mansions. So like one, one of the biggest distinctions um, is that you'll notice that the guests are actually carrying things in with them, which doesn't happen in any of the other mansions. Uh, And the only thing I can think of is that this is a, this is a wedding, right? 
So as a guest of the wedding, they would be bringing in bridal gifts. So mm -hmm. they're bringing them in and they're piling them up as Kate has shown in her imagery as well. So this does make it into the finalized uh, attraction. Then you notice that, of course, we have our bride, Melanie Ravenswood. She's going to be standing up on the top of the staircase. I'm not going to get fully into that just yet. And then we have some guests who are drinking and sitting around this table uh, with a wedding cake on top. Uh, so people, guests are arriving. We also notice in that fireplace, there is that green emberish hue, which has happened multiple times to kind of illustrate green gets used a lot in Disney, uh, mainly for villains or for evil spirits, uh, especially in the, in the films. But the green here also mirrors ectoplasm or spirit energy, which we've talked about before in our previous Haunted Mansion episodes when we did our multi-series of the, the states side versions of those. So we still see that being utilized here. The last thing that is large and you can't ignore, in the dead center, there is a dark shadowy figure with a top hat and an overcoat and very um, dapperly dressed with a, an outreached hand uh, coming through the window. Uh, and it's reaching towards Melody, which, again, this is just the concept, not the full. But yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So before there was this concept, there was an earlier concept by the same artist, Fernando Tenedora, um, that was really different. And I could only find an extremely blurry picture of it. And I looked everywhere for a better one. However, so there is um, the version of the ballroom concept before this one showed an empty room to represent Melanie's solitude against the evil spirit who is tormenting her. So I have one that shows um, it shows just Melanie. Same with the um, the well, phantom. It doesn't have the, the phantom. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't have any of the party guests coming in. There's nobody at the table and the portrait that's on the other side of the hall room hall um, has Melanie and her suitor. So it's really different concept. It's it's a it's almost creepier in a way that there's like nobody in the room. It's just her. Well, the, the only thing I could think of is what if it was uh, the fact that everybody had left? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like maybe they like... had came and gone and she's just alone, which is what does happen. Yeah. And um, just to recap who Melanie is, uh, we've talked about this in, in previous episodes. Melanie Ravenswood is the uh, the daughter of Henry Ravenswood and uh, she's the bride in the mansion here. So um, I'm getting a couple people asking about that. So um, sure. yeah. So and long and short of it is he didn't want Melanie to ever get married to anybody because he didn't want her to move away from Thunder Mesa, which is where they live here. And that's where Phantom Manor is located up on the hill. And uh, so and he's also the owner of the Big Thunder Mountain Mining Company. Um, there was a a curse essentially on the land because it was like a sacred land where they built everything. And uh, there then, so there was a huge earthquake in 1860 and Henry Ravenswood and his wife, Martha passed away in that earthquake. Um, later, uh, Melanie was going to get married and she, uh, on her wedding day, um, the phantom did away with her suitor, I believe. Right. Like it, that's, it was Jake at the first, it was Jake. And then it became all these other four later, but um, long and short of it is she was kind of like she's a bride looking for her 
you know, fiance who was done in by the Phantom, who is actually her dad, Henry Ravenswood. So, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> plot twist. So, um, so that's who Melanie is. She's the bride, uh, and that's who you see on the staircase here in this concept art. Yeah, I again, it's it's cool that you know this can be a widely different version of the haunted mansion, but yet have so many similar characteristics because we are seeing you know ghosts for the first time because we have passed the seance room again, very similar to all the other haunted mansions and now we're getting to see kind of this this grand ballroom scene with many different spirits now dramatically different are some of the uh the people that are here uh especially seated around the table uh where we would get figures from the past like your the king and julius caesar in, in this one, it's just all party guests for the most part. I couldn't find a specific way. <laughs> oh, my goodness. See so, that. See that. I... so if you want to learn how to contour, ladies, uh, come to the come to Phantom Manor and they will show you a quick little makeup routine. Oh, my so... gosh. If you're listening, I, if, <laughs> jump scare from Kate. Who just brought out one of the uh, the Pepper's Ghost actual models, and she's pretty horrifying and very, very obvious. It's like very godshod. Oh my gosh! It's, yeah, so it's like um. So what we're looking at here is the ghosts that sit at the table are, of course, done by the Pepper's Ghost effect, which we've talked about in previous Haunted Mansion episodes, and so. They, these ones in particular are um, underneath you as you're going through the ballroom. And then they, it uses a system of light and reflection to make it look like they're, they look like kind of holograms, but they're not holograms. It's Pepper's Ghost. So, yeah, it's just using what, glass basically and light. Yeah. So they, <laughs> there's another one. So what they do is they illuminate. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> she is, she's worse than it. She so looks they, like a cloud. She is very scary. Yeah, Holy so cow. they really overdo the makeup on these characters because they're just like, all you see is the reflection of them after they're illuminated. So we we have a woman in yellow who has, uh, she looks like an uh, maybe a more elderly woman with a, a hat with a feather in it. And she is wearing very much like Victorian kind of era um, garb here or the 1800s. Um, but she's got makeup that is scary, which is why I'm laughing. And then there's a there's one wearing green who really does look undead. I think is the word for it. She looks horrible. Oh yeah. So yeah, I think it's that that yellow one there. Well, you can see you can see it's kind of like a mirror for ours, right? (laughs) So you can see the uh, the green is going to be on the corner. Uh, then you have the gentleman in the center, and then you're gonna have uh, the woman on the ends. That's why our here. I mean, I don't think I can mirror this side, but yeah, it's we're looking at a mirror reflection of each other. Yeah, on my side, but yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> so that's what they actually look like, uh, and they are holding some little like um, cocktail glasses and uh, having a, having a good time, like you do if you're going to a wedding. <laughs> having a good time. <laughs> It is frightening, though. The colors are very, um, there's a lot of 
pinks and maroons and blues and purples <laughs> for their makeup. Uh... So yeah, so that that's what they look like at the table. I don't have a lot of pictures of the ones at the table, but I do have the ghosts that are coming in and out. I do have one of those. So the ones that are bringing the wedding gifts, I've got this guy. <laughs> Why are so green? He doesn't have any pants, though. <laughs> He's he just a top. <laughs> yeah, well, are we all? <laughs> <laughs> So he's got a little dapper bow tie, and he is he is very green in his face, which is interesting. He's different than the ones that are at the table. Yeah, and he's got a little straw hat with a pink ribbon on it, and he's a uh, he has no legs that we could see or. He also doors. has very tiny hands. He does. <laughs> Why are they so small? <laughs> Grab my straw head. <laughs> so tiny. I why is it, why is it so tiny? I don't know. <laughs> Those are the only ones I could find, but they're they they were made by day. So <laughs> yeah, those are incredible. I cannot even with that guy. That guy's my favorite ghost now. When I go to Disneyland Paris, I'm gonna look for his hands. <laughs> Aaron says Lieutenant Dan. He ain't got no legs. He has no legs. Hold <laughs> on, yeah. I just wanted to give you this present, Bouncy. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, whew. so that's what they they look like up close. Um, oh gosh, um, I will say that there's a there is a set of griffin statues that are similar to the ones in Snow White that can be spotted next to the fireplace, uh, which I don't really have a, a great picture of. We've said this in a previous episode that Phantom Manor is incredibly dark. I think it's the the like in terms of lighting it's one of the the darkest attractions um of any of the haunted mansion versions that we find so it's like the lighting even with low light video sometimes it's extremely hard to see things so. yeah hang on i there's you could barely see it in this video there's a griffin right there mm -hmm. oh and i have to say just a little side note about griffins um i was looking at disneyland because i wanted to see if the griffins had a like you know, partition on their neck like Disneyland Paris has because, you know, for turning their heads when you get on the attraction. And they do. They have like a big, big old gap where it looks like they were supposed to turn their heads. Huh. And they I've never seen them turn their heads ever. So, so now I just need to look in Disney World and we'll complete the trifecta of turning neck mm -hmm. griffins. Yes. <laughs> I mean, ours, ours are right after the piano room. So that would uh, I'll look next time I'm there. Yes, please. Please do. Um, <clears throat> so, please, please look for the griffin's neck. <laughs> so I have something that's interesting when I, and I have to say that this was one of the funniest interactions I've had with my husband in the past year. So here's the, up on the chandelier on the ceiling. Yeah. We have a couple characters in the concept art. We have this woman in a pink dress uh, and red hair. And then we have this uh, other dude who is wearing a red suit and a top hat and has a cane. And so I ran, I ran to Elliot. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, do you know who this is? Who does this look like? <laughs> and he said, Santa Claus. It does look like Santa. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, you didn't pay attention in Phantom Manor. But it does look like Santa, to be fair. But to me, it looks so much like the mayor. 
at the end of the attraction, which we haven't gotten to yet. Mm. But yeah, a little bit. It might be him. Like him. I just think he's a little bit more. Uh, he's a little bit larger in the concept art, and I don't know what he looks like in. I'd have to look real quick on this ride photo if it if it shows. Oh, I have the, the top. picture of him. Um, Here, I've got one. Up? It's not a great one, but it's it's there. You can see him up there. So he doesn't look like Pickwick. Yeah, I was, I was. Well, I don't know. I think because he's hanging on by a cane, which is exactly what Erasmus does, and but he definitely has a bowl full of jelly. Yeah, he's not Pickwick. Here, let me go back to. Yeah, the he's start. he's a little bit more jovial than Pickwick. And so I don't know, but he's wearing the same kind of suit. As the girl, there, so the girl does look like a like a Western saloon showgirl almost. Yeah. So I'm like, would it make sense that like they were invited to the wedding? The mayor yeah, would be invited to the wedding, right? Maybe this, I'll like, have to take a look. Family. I'll have to take a look when we um because she would show up then probably which would make sense somewhere in Phantom Canyon as well mm-hmm. if he's showing up. Mm-hmm. So hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I know I know that uh there, I did find them doing some like renovation and uh, fixing this character, and in that one, the person who wrote about it called him Pickwick, and I was like, "What? Yeah," and I was like, "But this doesn't look like Pickwick, so are we just Dude, calling look. him Pickwick." Does it look like that guy? <laughs> it doesn't look like that guy. Don't look like that guy. Even with a new outfit, still no. not the same guy. Because no. here's like here's Pickwick. Here's Pickwick a picture. Have a beard. Yeah, like he's totally different character. He is holding on with a cane, though. I think that's the only, and they have the like. That's the only element, outfit. and and his um, and his leg is like adjacent, just like it is on this one. So it's kind of like half, half bent on both of them. Yeah, yeah, and the pants aren't aren't right. Yep, that's <laughs> exactly the pants. It all comes down to the pants. <laughs> I mean, just straight up, he doesn't look like him. It's he a completely doesn't. different outfit. It's not the same person. He's got a beard. He's a man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, mysterious man on chandelier who may or may not be Pickwick probably isn't. Or may or may not be the mayor. Not my Erasmus. Year. He's got things <laughs> to do. Hashtag not my Erasmus. Not my Erasmus. He's got stuff that he's a busy man. Oh, gosh. All right. Where do you want to go in this room after this? can go a lot of directions um do we want to do because the window changes right with the phantom yeah actually you know what before we do that why don't we talk about how i just want to show this always kind of bothered me with the the uh the haunted mansion is they always talk about the concept of 999 happy haunts but there's room for a thousand any volunteers right the problem I have with that is that it is a straight up revolving door when you look at every single manor's uh, ballroom or grand hall. They always have the door open. There's always a hearse there. And there's always people coming and going the entire time. So I'm like, how do you know what the count is? But that's just me being annoyingly litigious. But they well, do... I mean, it could, it could be like when some of them are out then does the count go down for a second and then come back up when they walk back in it's like a population uh you know (laughs) 998 population 999 like it just changed but they do have a carriage and they do have a coffin or casket which does happen in world and in land although 
yeah, I didn't get to see it in land because um, it was Haunted Mansion Holiday when we were there. That's true. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, but they that's the same. It's true. And then should we? Can we go to the window? Let's go to the window. Okay. <laughs> so I was so going to say it, something not appropriate. We're going to keep moving. It's going to be little John up in here. Um, <laughs> that's where you were going. I uh, sure yes. of it. So do you have do you have the one before it got revamped where it has the phantom coming through the window? Yes. So again, this is that uh, um, Fernando uh, concept art with the phantom reaching towards Melanie, her being solo on the staircase, reaching towards her. That was the original concept. And then Kate is pulling up right now the the actual which had the phantom standing there in the overcoat but he wasn't just like a dark figure you could see his his ghostly scowl skeleton face with his uh overcoat uh opened and he was wearing a cape which i think is kind of funny he's always wearing a cape but he's reaching out towards melly so that actually did happen and then when we get the he looks great i'm not gonna lie i i like <laughs> dapper I like the concept of having somebody that is the archetype of evil and then the archetype of innocence. Because what we have in all of the other manners is just basically spirits and then somebody who we perceive as evil being Constance Hatchaway, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I like that there's a, a duality here that doesn't exist in some of the other ones. Well, and then, so they did change this, and I'm... I was doing some research for this and I was like, there was a lot of controversy about it because there's some people that really didn't like the change that they made from mm -hmm. this version to what we have now, which is <clears throat> Melanie um, standing up on the balcony, kind of in a window with the phantom right behind her. And he has like glowing red eyes. So apparently the controversy is that it was better storytelling that she was kind of going down the stairs and then she would look up and see him and like, oh my gosh, and get scared by him. I'm like, I don't know. They're both pretty creepy because like this one, he's like lurking behind her, you know? Yeah, I, I'm i with them on, I think I, I prefer uh, them not together. The only reason yeah. is I understand with him behind... It's like he's controlling her and always behind her actions, you know, mm -hmm. but and he's not really like coming for her. He's more protecting and guardianship. So, like, I understand where they're going for. But I, I just think when you look at the the usage of space, it looks better with him in the window. That's it's just true. plain and plain it plain like that's a lot of empty space that looks great and ominous, even though. He's not really reaching out for her. I think they could have even just put him in the window with his hand down and like always watching, you know, to see like yeah. who's arriving and making sure that her uh, her husband-to-be never shows. I agree the staging makes a little bit more sense in the first one because he's yeah. in the window and then you see her. You know, you kind of see him first and then her. <clears throat> she looks yeah, like a you know bit, she's like, in danger. You know? Yeah. It's almost like you want to call out to her and be like, watch out. He's in the window. He's going to get you. <laughs> He's right there. Get out. Watch out, Melody. 
Yeah. yeah. But, it, you know, so it's interesting that there's these two different methods and, and why they chose to go with this other one. I try to do a lot of research on that. I couldn't find a specific reason why they restaged him um, other than the fact that that is how they stage him now throughout the entire Phantom Manor for this version. He seems to always be right behind her. So yeah. I wonder if that's just like they're like this is his new mo as he is like her shadow and right yeah I, her. I I think that's all it is I think it's they're trying to show the more he's interconnected and not necessarily uh, her foe but in some weird parental ally yeah I agree um I will mention that Ma- Melanie and the Phantom are the only two characters that are actually physically present in the room because all of the rest of them are Pepper's ghost ones. So for what that's worth in terms of storytelling, they're real. They're (laughs) (laughs) They're real. Sure. Let's go, go with that. Um, Do we want to go to, do you want to stay up on the wall or do, should we go back down to the floor? What would you prefer? Uh, Let's, let's, because we just did the window so we should definitely go to the wall <laughs> and uh we we talked about this earlier i'll bring it back uh we talked about this earlier with uh there's a portrait of the manor looking pristine well that's we can actually physically see this concept art and this actual imagery up here on the left hand side of the grand ballroom and uh <laughs> and and the manor looks stately, it looks pristine, it looks great. Yeah, this is that Julie Svedson uh portrait that we saw of the manor looking um like it did in its heyday. Um and this is where so just give you context, this is where the, the duelists would be, the dueling ghosts in the US version of the parks. So there's yeah. no Dueling ghosts here. We did see them earlier in the portrait gallery, but they don't exist here. In and there's no, there's no effect either. Like there's, I think this would actually have been an interesting place to put a changing portrait because they kind of have two. So that would be kind of cool if they, uh, while the lightning flashes, which does happen through the windows on the right hand side, if they would have taken that artistic and and had it change to show the ominous things in that. It's not all positive, but I guess. We're kind of in the present time of her wedding. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it would be interesting to have it flash like that. Um, I don't know. I have to think about that storytelling wise. You're right. It would be if we're, if we're in her wedding celebration, but the guests are all ghosts. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're not <laughs> the cake alive, is, like, dude. moldy. So. <laughs> it's not a good cake. <clears throat> Should we talk about the cake? Let's talk about the cake. I have a good, like, close-up shot of this cake. It's not one that I would want to try. It's covered in hot glue. (laughs) For those that don't know. By the way, dude, the other day, I don't know why uh, my Amazon took me here, but you can get those hot glue guns that they make cobwebs with um, that you put under forced, um, like, air, air compressor, like hot glue strands. They're really, they're not that expensive. Like the professional ones are like 80 bucks, but like at at home one is like 15 to 20. So if you had an air compressor at home and just throw some hot glue sticks, you could even get like photo or uh, light reactive. I'm like, dang, that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, are you really like, 
you're you're not you're surprised that Amazon like recommended this for you? <laughs> no, I just it was yeah. I I guess yeah, yeah. I guess it's all weird. They read all my Mr. Bezos knows my search history of how to make cobwebs. He knows everything. <laughs> He's probably listening to this podcast right now. So. When it comes to this cake, this cake is uh, clearly very, not only covered in cobwebs, but it's also like a moldy cake that's kind of sunken and falling down a little bit. And uh, on the top, there is only a groom and no bride, which I think is really interesting for the storytelling. Yeah. I mean, there should be really nobody up there because there is no groom and the bride's just above. So it's like a weird, I don't, I'm not sure exactly why, because he's not left standing alone. She's left standing alone. Yeah, and He's I thought dead. <laughs> I thought in an earlier version it was the bride on the top and without a groom. But yeah, I that would make sense. That would make more sense to me is having a bride only and no groom. But yeah. Yeah, but like every version that I looked at was just the groom on top and no bride. So there you have it. So do you have anything else for any of the table or the guests or anything like that? Or should we move to the ballroom dancers? I think we can go to the ballroom dancers because I, I couldn't find anything out specifically about any of the cast of characters. Yeah, how they're kind of all named or labeled in land and worlds. I did yeah. not find that necessarily here. No, it, I, they seem to just be like generic wedding guests, like wedding guests at the party. And that's all I could find either. Guest um, one, two, three, and four. <laughs> um, so just a reminder of what the ballroom ghosts look like in the u.s versions they look like this um with uh, the women and they're all in just very bright colors in general some of the women have blue hair they're uh, to make them look ghostly and i don't know if you guys remember we might have talked about this that there was originally only going to be one turntable of three couples each but they had uh, a mirror their, their plan was to put a mirror in like a v behind them and therefore use the mirrors to multiply them and make them look like the ballroom was full of people. But then they realized that the room was so long that if they did that, people would, they would get cut off essentially by the mirrors. And so that effect wouldn't have worked. So they added the second turntable full of uh, ghostly ballroom dancers. And everybody will say, you know, of course, the women are leading here because they didn't think about that before that they were going to be reflected and, and backwards, essentially, <laughs> when they made them. So... The women, there's some strong women in that ballroom and they don't have shoes because, you know, when they get, they're buried, they don't, they don't, they didn't wear their shoes in that time because they're really valuable. So they kept their, uh, their shoes off. So none of them have shoes, but in, um, I actually have that in my living will that they should take my Crocs off and just, they're very valuable. <laughs> Give them to somebody. Give them to somebody. <laughs> they might need a retread. <laughs> Bronze your Crocs. Put him up on the mantle. <laughs> um, so in uh, Phantom Manor, mm -hmm. there are also waltzing ghosts. They're pretty much the same kind of thing, except their outfits are a little bit different. And I could not find a lot of pictures, but I did find one of what they actually look like. They are again Pepper's ghosts. So this is uh, they would be illuminated and then reflected into the room. But she's. This one's got like a fancy like boa and like yeah. a bunch of feathers on her dress and a feathery crown. And then uh, the guy who's definitely like, he's really close to her. <laughs> he's got like a, a satin suit on, I guess. You could let, me, <laughs> let me tell you a secret real quick. I just, I love that feather crown. <laughs> She's like, 
Remember, this is the 18, uh, 1860s, so, you know, yeah. people got close with them handlebars. Yeah, he's, it's like, yeah, his, he's, that's like a mutton chop. What is that called? Like, his facial hair is, like, all the way connected. I have a level nine mint PSA Charizard. What? <laughs> he was impressing her. <laughs> So yeah, she that that's uh, one of the couples I don't have pictures. What do you of think he said to her <sighs> in the eighteen hundreds? What do you think he said? <laughs> I've still got all my teeth. <laughs> still got all my teeth. <laughs> oh my goodness! And all the things I just thought of were not appropriate things to say on this. So I was like, I'm that's... gonna just. <laughs> I was trying to make a joke about a gold nugget, and then just went to a bad place. A gold nugget. Because <laughs> we're like mining town, right? I have so. a really good rebuttal for that that is also not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to keep this family friendly. And oh my gosh, I have a good one. <laughs> anyway. Um. Yeah. So They look great. They're very dapper. They look they're good. They're great. They're great. They're fancy. They're dressed yeah. up, which makes sense because this is like, you know, the yeah, it's a wedding. big fancy house, too. You know, this is the, the big house up on the hill. Not everybody gets invited to this. You think they're just like letting minors into this? No. <laughs> and not like young kids. I mean, like minors. Oh, my goodness. Pickaxes. Um, Do you have anything else for them? I have some a few things about the organist. <clears throat> um, No, no. The, the major thing that I saw about the organist... It looks very similar to the effect of the wheel that mm. we have mm -hmm. uh, with the... It's like one of my favorite effects. It, it just looks like all of these different ghostly heads floating. And it's basically a Pepper's ghost on a wheel. A wheel of heads. <laughs> it's really freaky looking when you look it at is. it. Yeah. Uh, they're actually some of the scariest ghosts that are in the mansion, but they don't really get a lot of love because they're... Uh, a dovetail at end of uh, this scene. But yeah, no hat on our organist. No, which is really different. Yeah. Um, well, and I, I have a little close-up of the organ itself, which is... Wow. A, yeah. It's a replica of the one that is in both Disneyland and Disney World. The one in Disneyland, remember, is the original organ from the movie 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And so then they made a replica of that for Disney World, and that one is also replicated in Phantom Manor. And the fan, the pipes on the top are not the same because they changed the the pipes from fan pipes to these like straight up and down ones. But the <clears throat> the actual physical organ itself is a replica from that movie, which is pretty fun. And there's a big old bat that is uh, holding all of the sheet music up, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's I like, like that. Being bat. spread out, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Um, and I do have something about the organist's face, which was just fascinating. Okay. All right. Get ready. Are you ready? This is this is the same face they use, obviously, without the hat. So this is the organist's, like, face. Um, <laughs> he's, he's heavy on the blue eyeshadow. <laughs> and uh, he's, he's very blue. So... According to Jeff Burke, uh, so, so he oversaw all of this attraction, um, the animatronic head use for the organist and the scared sheriff in Phantom Manor, which we'll get to later, um, is indeed the same sculpture with some di distinctive makeup variations. 
However, he was not sculpted originally with Phantom Manor in mind, but rather was fashioned as one of the extra figures for Pirates of the Caribbean. So, oh. the so it was sculpted first for Disneyland's Pirates of the Caribbean, then used for the Haunted Mansion organist in Disneyland, and then for the scared sheriff in Disneyland Paris's Phantom Manor. So there's like they all kind of they just they reuse a lot of audio animatronics. Yeah, why why would you reinvent the wheel when you like you're not going to notice it? Yeah. That happens that happens so often. I actually have a picture of them painting it and uh, getting them all ready. <laughs> Scary. Impressive. I'm, I'm blue. <laughs> Eric's thinking I'm blue. <laughs> He's blue. He's very blue. Um, and I do have a little note about the music as well in this section of the Phantom Manor. When the attraction opened in May of 2019, the ballroom scene soundtrack had been changed to that of the Haunted Mansion. So they just like made it like that. But three days of the soft opening, uh, fans complained about the change on social media so much that they actually that the tune didn't like fit in with the dark and melancholic atmosphere of the scene. So they changed it back. So for only like three days of Phantom Mansion's history, the music matched that in the United States, and then they switched oh. it back. So just three days. So it's interesting they listened to people. <clears throat> they listened to people on social media, changed it back. Not everything needs to be uh, altered because of people being upset, but yep. it, this is interesting. Well, it was something that it was that score by uh, what John Devney mm -hmm. um, that was unique to the Phantom Manor, and so they kind of yeah took to out remove something. it. Yeah, right. it took out a piece of what made it unique from the U.S. parks. So I'm glad. Yeah, that that's like that. if they would have. That's like in the next scene, if they turn into an attic scene with her just standing in the corner versus it being completely right. different. I think they would, I think they would roast the whole manor. Suddenly she's standing in the corner with an ax and everybody's like, what? <laughs> like, what <Yeah>. happened? <laughs> well, do you have anything else for uh, the ballroom? Or nope. Move on? Let's get out of this thing, man. It's dead anyway. So if you were in our U.S. parks, ordinarily, this is where we would take a turn and go into the attic. But we are in Phantom Manor. So instead of going into the attic, we're going into, there's a couple different names of this. Melanie's chambers, her bedroom, her boudoir. Like, it depends on what you want to call it, really. Um, but uh, I do have a little bit of concept art for this one. Um, which shows, this is, let's start on this side. So it does show Melanie looking into the mirror with a phantom behind her. And I love the grate that's in the middle that is over the, I guess, the window that you go out of. Um, it looks like a demon face, which is pulled right out of the U.S. parks. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then on the other side of the room, there is a fireplace and then a portrait of Melanie above it and uh, a window with some curtains blowing and whatnot. So um, there's not that much other detail in there except for like a chair and a table. And that's pretty much it. You kind of see the graveyard out the window, and and that's all. So now, or gentlemen, you're not supposed to be looking at a boudoir because that's a <laughs> ladies' dressing area. So when you go into this section, you're supposed to watch like this. <laughs> With, peek through your fingers. <laughs> yeah, I have I have a really cool side by side. Do you want to see um, this like fun picture? This is this is a different concept art than the one that you have. Mm -hmm. you ready? Yeah. All right, so this is a side-by-side -side of, like, <clears throat> this is what we drew with a skeleton on there. 
And then this was an actual photo from the time period that kind of used one of those effects. That's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's, that's a drawing by Charles Allen Gilbert from 1892 called All is Vanity. Like, tell me that's not the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. And so, wait, I have one too. So here, I'll put this too. And then this is the actual what it looked like in the 1992 version. So what we're looking at here is um, a woman who is sitting in the original uh, Charles Allen, Allen Gilbert drawing. It's a woman who's sitting at her um, vanity and she's looking into the mirror. But the mirror plus the bottom part of vanity that she has her hands on, it makes a like skull if you look at it just right. And so they replicated that for Disneyland Paris and made it look like Melanie is looking into a mirror that looks indeed like a skull, which is pretty fascinating, I think. Really crazy. I think the I think the concept art and the drawing look a lot better than the practical effect because you can't see that it's her. It's just like these it's like the frosted glass with two holes versus like her hair making the dark spot. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's hard because these are static images where we're going to be moving through the scene. So the skeleton's eye would disappear and you would only see that for a fraction of a second as you would move past her. So I understand the logic and reasoning of going frosting glass with areas for eye holes. But, and I do like that they cracked the setter for the nose still though. Yeah. I do think that looks good. Yeah. And I mean, it was effective. Like it looks like a skull in the attraction. Um, I think Mm -hmm. they did a pretty good job with that one. Uh, but they did change this when they got to the uh, 2018 remodel. They changed the entire thing so that instead of uh, a, a skull, she's actually seeing the face of the phantom in the mirror. Which, yeah. Hi, Daddy. You know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> she doesn't know that it's her dad but yeah you know yeah since you're oh my gosh um i wasn't expecting that so <laughs> the thing is the thing is i did not see this when i was on this attraction no way the lack of staring at it it and i went back and looked at fast? my footage it's very fast it yeah. flickers on and flickers off and you have yeah. to be paying attention to the mirror and then you still might only see like a blue blob for a second and then it disappears so i would say i feel like the first effect was more convincing only because you could see it better so mm-hmm. i don't know if they need to slow it down or what or make it brighter whatever they need to do i think this is creepy but you i didn't see it I didn't see it until I started doing this research, and then I went back and looked at my footage from it, and I was like, oh, there is a face in the mirror. So that, to me, is is not um, not great. I couldn't see it. Maybe I'm just not observant, but I was staring at everything pretty intently. So, yeah, you know. What I also think is interesting is, based on this imagery, that yellow blob that's in the center of the mirror looks like a reflection from behind mm-hmm. which is the fireplace scene where do i have a picture of that? Oh, i have it so what kate is pulling up right now that is um it's melanie's portrait which looks pristine as a uh as a bride over a fireplace and that's shown in that same boudoir mirror just above 
So I think that's kind of interesting because she's like clearly broken. She's still holding on to her flower bouquet uh, in her wedding dress with her veil still on, but she's very upset. Flowers are almost touching the ground, but she still hasn't like completely lost hope. But in this scene, to me, the biggest part is, yes, the visuals are great. To me, the audio is monumental in this mm. scene. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this audio is done. It's actually kind of got an interesting story behind it. It's done by uh, Catherine Leach Myring, who uh, she was the voice of Melanie Ravenswood. But interestingly enough, she worked for the Disney company in a wide different array. Actually, her last moments for the Disney company, she worked for the Disney Channel. But she was a secretary of lighting at WDI. So Walt Disney Imagineering. And, but she was previously a Broadway singer. So when an opportunity came up to voice and sing for Melanie Ravenswood, she auditioned and she was actually chosen out of like all these professional actresses. They chose the secretary of lighting, who just happened to be a um, classically trained Broadway singer, which I think is cool. She, I was listening to an interview that she did with a radio station uh, and she said the biggest thing that she was excited about to record the voice of Melanie Ravenswood is that she got a day off of work. <laughs> they brought her. She, she worked in California. They brought her to a studio in Hollywood, and she was just stoked to be off that day. Uh, she said she had a nice lunch, and it was awesome. But the problem was there was something wrong with the studio recording, and they had to go back and do entire new takes of everything else. Now, what's kind of cool about Catherine, too, is she, this is not the only thing that she recorded, and I do want to play a little piece of her audio uh, extracted away from, I found just her vocals, no score behind it. So we'll play that in a second. But she also is a scream on Tower of Terror. I don't know which one. Interesting. She, she also voiced uh, Clara Cluck, uh, in the singing lessons section of Toontown in Disneyland. And she said her kids mm. used to go, and I don't know where it is. I watched like four different walkthrough Toontown before the refurb, after the refurb to try to find this thing because I figured it was before the refurb. And uh, she said her kids would walk around in Disneyland and be like, that's my mom. And all the kids would be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Mom's Clara Cluck. <laughs> I think that's fun. So. That is fun. I love that. Yeah. Do we want to listen to um, to yeah. Miss Melanie without That's any? This is Melanie's vocals in the boudoir. <laughs> Funny enough, that little audio track was written by Exitensio. Mm -hmm. That like that little section of yeah, even even the, like the, the like her themes. Yeah, yeah, which I think is but like the the beginning section wasn't recognizable to me as a as a states driven haunted mansion until the end and then the end. But she's she's th singing through sobs, like she's crying this entire time. Yeah, I think the whole thing is a variation, just listening to it musically, um, because, you know, they have that 
extremely long, what, 12 minute uh, ghostly concerto um, um, organ piece that they did, right, for the Haunted Mansion. And I think that this is largely, it's just a, a variation or a remix for those of you who are not music, musically inclined uh, Re- of that. Wah, 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 remix. <laughs> remix. <laughs> Can you put more sobs into it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's really creepy, though. And you know what's interesting is that I went back and listened to it. And in this particular scene, it's not. It doesn't sound necessarily like her singing it from her like boudoir. It sounds like it's coming from the Victrola that's next to her. Like it's playing on the Victrola, which is. Well, there's really interesting. I think she's I think. The background tune is playing on the Victrola and she is adding the audio on top because if yeah. you, you can hear it. It's layered almost. And yeah. like that must be one of her her tracks or records that she plays and listens to actively because it, it's it's clear that that's where that music is coming from, because in the scene, they put that giant uh, record player right before you see her. Do you know right. what I mean? Right. It's a so. big old Victrola. So- I mean, do you want me to play? it with yeah music yeah let's hear both that, yeah. let's see that okay. Okay. yeah it's it's i'll be honest with you listening to the ride audio version i wouldn't think that's coming from her Mm-mm. Hearing it stripped down, it's very different. Like you yeah. can tell she's somber. That's a human crying, not professionally for you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think it's as convincing. It's too mashed up with I mean, there's there's so many layers of audio that's happening there because there's sound effects that are going on on top, then there's the backtrack, and then there's the layering in of the sobbing. So I don't know. It's well, hard I mean to, it's hard to strip down. You have to wonder, was it intentional? Were they trying to make it so it sounds like you would think it would make they want her to sound like she is crying and sitting there and weeping and singing this along with her Victrola. But it really does sound like it's all coming from the Victrola, which I'm like, could it be a record of her like echoes of like all of her years of sorrow playing and she's just sitting there like, you know, soaking in the sad song that is her like soundtrack of her life so to speak you know maybe she paid for some studio time (laughs) she's like i'm tired of singing this but it still needs to be around so let's go get this thing recorded and get her done (laughs) in any case it is really creepy and it's very convincing and i i i'm so glad that that is is radically different than what they have um in the u.s parks something i i didn't mention is that uh, that drawing that was in the mirror that we talked about with all his vanity is part of that European memento mori tradition of art at that time of kind of this macabre um, sort of art. So um, just keeping in mind that, that that's all kind of part of this room is, is this idea of like lamenting over loss is, is, is all the theme in this room. Um, there is a couple of other things in the room to mention. Um, besides, we, we mentioned the fireplace with her portrait and she looks... Um, her eyes are kind of illuminated in this one, which is really interesting. And then it's uh, the fireplace itself has an M um, on the grate. 
So okay. here you can see the the fireplace itself has an M for Melanie in it. And that's not the only place we see an M in the room, actually. We see it in the window. This is a horribly blurry screenshot of it, but you can see the curtains make an M as well. And then mm. when you go outside of this later and you look back at it, you can see it's very clearly an M in the window. It's very, very obviously an M because you see it from the other side. So um, we've got Melanie just in an M. M is everywhere in this room, which I think is fascinating. Um, I also have some... This must be from the older version because I don't see this anywhere in the room, but there's letters from her suitors. No, this might be the... This must be the new one. There's one, two, three, four, five. There's five letters on a desk and there's a little like purple feathered quill and these are supposedly letters from her suitors so this must be the new version because she didn't have five in the old one so i only have one of the letters that i have it translated because it's in french wait no this is in english nope some of them are in french which is really interesting too because everything else is in english so one of them says, Lady Melanie, it is now time to confess to your father the love you have for me. I can't stand any more to see your beauty blended with something unreadable of beasts who keep under glass your sweet and voluptuous position. So it's time for you to offer yourself to me, your kiss I desire, is what it says. So there. Yeah. <laughs> You're peeking through your hands again. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Dude, uh, yeah, it's a lot I don't want to read it. Dude, letters <laughs> back then were wild, man. Big in the 1800s. Mm -hmm. They just wrote whatever they wanted. <laughs> That's the only one that I have translated. A lot of them are stacked on top of each other, so they're really hard to read. And this this particular picture that I have, it's almost impossible to translate because it's just not, it's just too blurry. So, but those letters are, exist in this room as well. Did you want to talk about the clock at all? Do you have information about that? Or you... I don't have any information about it, but I did see it in that back corner because as soon as you you pass by uh, the fireplace, it's there on the left-hand side. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot that we were playing the audio earlier. <laughs> um, okay, so there is a there was a demon on the fireplace that was a little bit hard to see. There was a demon a grate above the door that's also hard to see. And then there's this clock which is a demon clock that has a blade pendulum in it. Oh, that's where the blade pendulum clock is. Mm -hmm. It looks like this. Uh -oh. So this is from Edgar Allan Poe's The Pit and the Pendulum. Uh, and it that's where they get the inspiration for this one. And it, it has uh, leaves and brambles kind of decor on it and two eyes just below the face. And then the hands are showing midnight. Um, there's, there's also a nice Vincent Price, again, uh, connection with the pit and the pendulum. I don't know if you ever saw that film as a kid, mm -hmm. but I did. It's horrifying. It's like basically a giant blade on top of a dude, and they just keep lowering it. But Vincent Price is, he's like the, he's like, you know, I got, let me get, let me just pull this, look at Vincent Price. <laughs> <laughs> he looks ridiculous. <laughs> where are all the, where are <laughs> they pretty much just borrowed his eyes for this clock. <laughs> yeah, they did. They certainly did. Which, you but know, yeah. so, 
Yeah. So this is a, you know, it's interesting because they have the main demon clock we saw earlier, right before the seance room, as per usual in the haunted mansions. But the fact that we have a second demon clock is really interesting to me. And story-wise, I'm like, what what is it communicating here? You know, like, is it is it is it the fact that like this really is all about time? You know, that she's frozen in time that you know all these things happened and we went back in time remember in the beginning there's a lot of play on time in this particular um in this particular version of the haunted mansion the phantom manor so to me like that clock is really significant and it happens right before we go out of her bedroom out of her boudoir and then we start to descend into madness <laughs> of, oh i mean um, what, what's wouldn't next you, wouldn't you say also the fact that this one is a blade and from pit and the pendulum it was literally an executioner so it, there could be you can make that connection with the uh with henry or the phantom of the manor being the executioner of all the suitors like yeah. in in retrospect to where the where's the desk is the desk before this or under it I'm not sure. Because if I, it was under it with those letters, that would be perfect. It's hard to tell. This room is so dark. <laughs> like, yeah. every time I look at things around, I'm like, I think there's a chair there. I think that's a table. It's it's, it's extremely hard to tell. Yeah. I, um, there's, there's, the desk if, isn't under. I don't think the desk is underneath it. The desk is on the back wall, it looks like. So okay. you see... There's the desk with the an, like a picture frame on it here, and then there's the chair under the window, and then the clock is on the next to the window with the M on it, so it's like over here ish. Okay. So it's it's nearby, but not exactly. But it is something you see as you're going out the window, and it you know it could also symbolize if we're talking the pit and the pendulum, like time is uh, running out. You know, for the like suitors, time is running out for Melanie. You know, if we want to think about the original storyline where you know she's, um, she's slowly like wasting away. So, could she's be no longer a spring chicken. <laughs> Poor Melanie. Poor Melody. Well, do you have anything else for her boudoir, or shall we? I've been going like this the whole time. We need to get out of here. <laughs> Mother, I'm indecent. <laughs> That's what she needs to say to Henry in the beer. Oh, no. Don't, don't worry. They're friends. Papa. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, let's then move out of the boudoir. And this is where we usually would um, descend, you know, from the attic. Um, oh, good. You have that concept art. Yep. Um, and so we do. We do descend down but we it's not the same as the u.s parks if you're used to the haunted mansion this is where the like creepy you'll maybe see the hat box ghost if you're in disneyland then all the creepy trees are reaching for you and you go backwards and then you know everybody's like oh no you pass away and you become a ghost and that's not actually the story and then it's a whole big debate but this is where you descend from the attic but here you're descending through something else entirely do you want to talk about this a little bit yeah so to what Kate's point is, we are exiting out, and this concept art, again, Fernando showing uh, us exiting the backside of the, the manor. We're passing by a phantom, and this is, again, just a straight dark figure, just like we had in the ballroom for the previous concept art. He is, though, holding a shovel with an open grave and a lantern next to it. This is uh, forecasted and backdropped by a full moon and... Uh, 
ominous looking pines. We also notice that there is a, a hellhound or a skeletal dog, um, which kind of mirrors a little bit with uh, our caretaker and Bones, our Silas Crump and Bones characters in the Statesides ones. So kind of kind of has the same kind of flow, ebb and flow, but we are definitely going into, uh, in this case, a graveyard. And I have to say, so this, I believe, is the uh, 1992 version that I'm showing you here because he looks way more skeletal. He looks different after 2018. He has more red glowing eyes and he has a, a flushed out face, so to speak, rather than just being straight up skeleton, I guess, is how to... Um... Yeah, so so what you have is the, the first iteration and this is the second iteration. We know that because of the glowing eye effect, which does is not present in yours. Also, you can see their cape and bow ties all being very different and Henry is adorned with more of that like crushed red uh, inside of his cape is showing more. But yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then something I love about this scene is there's there's a little tiny stanchion bat. Like, yeah, why just, is there a bat stanchion there? I don't know. Like, I don't know if this was meant to be there or somebody just stuck it there by accident. But it's literally, he's like green looking and it's a stanchion bat. Yeah, it's weird. On a pole. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, you do get the pine there. trees, though, if you pull that buck up for, like, just two seconds. The pine trees do make it in the background of this. Mm -hmm. So, But I think they're still there. Um, you can see in the version that you have, there is, like, an actual physical pine tree. like a Yeah, you can see the nettles behind them. Yeah, which isn't in this earlier version. Um, and the... <laughs> So it, they're still there, but you can't really see them as much in this version because I, I just so dark. <laughs> it's so dark to see it because you can see this is what my screen grab looked like from it. It's like just really dark, but you can see the trees behind him. Uh, mm -hmm. These big giant sculpt like sculptural trees are chilling behind him. Um, So the dog that he has actually does have a name. Really? Mm -hmm. His name is Goliath. So there was an early draft of this attraction storyline that was scrapped in the late 80s, uh, which is where we get this name from. Um, and in that draft, he was the faithful dog of the Ravenswood family, but he belonged specifically to Henry's brother, who was Arthur Ravenswood. Now, Arthur Ravenswood eventually just kind of got cut from the storyline. Um, but Goliath was supposed to have his own grave in Boot Hill Cemetery near the exit, and it would have said Goliath faithful dog and protector 1859 to 1867 so when arthur was scrapped uh the dog became the pet of henry ravenswood instead um very much inspired by the hellhound in the haunted mansion um and uh he, he is like kind of the echo of the caretaker's dog like you said but he's also like physically he's very much like the hellhound if you want to give a visual for that. He's like real, he's real mean though. Like where, yeah, you know, if you look at, at Bones, he's like just shaken and he's scared, right? Where this one is clearly aggressive, showing teeth, has um, layers of flesh exposed on both of its front legs. It is emaciated just like Bones is in the States, uh, but there's actually pieces of bone on his shoulder and then on his muzzle, there's clearly a large gash and scrape on the backside and then showing fangs and slobber 
uh, and he's got glowing green eyes. It's very scary. Like this is a very scary version of the. Mine has the red mansion. eyes. Really? <laughs> Why are mine different? Yeah, look. Maybe maybe mine was well. If you look at our our hounds, don't they look a little bit different? Like yours looks more skeletal, more, and I think mine, mine looks a little newer version. Out. And yeah. yours is the older because mine has like, I don't know. This one looks newer. Um, I will say that uh, there was also rumors of another dead pet in Phantom Manor that was a mummified corpse of a cat that used to lay on the catacombs floor. Okay. <laughs> that later then moved to the train station scene. Um, and I don't think it's still there, but rumors all said that it was a, a real dead cat because he looked really realistic. So I don't know how true that is. That seems like a fanciful rumor that somebody might have made up for it. But uh, just to give to be very thorough, that rumor is out there. Take with that what you will. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, and I want to mention the tree that is next to this, uh, both the phantom here. Um, there's like a, a really big tree, like in mine, I think you can see it a little bit better. It's right to the side of that, of Goliath there for you. Uh, but there's a really big tree. And this tree shows up several times in this attraction. Uh, do you happen to have, you might not, but do you happen to have that concept art with... Um, with a uh, Burke and he he's like playing with the model with the tree. Uh, I this? <laughs> might just be able to. Yes, that one. Okay. So let me, I have to find this real quick. Cause I had notes on this. Um, so the Oak tree is a common theme throughout the, the phantom manor. And so it's so, I think it's significant that he's holding this tree in this model, which I, I thought maybe he was just like, you know, holding a random tree. But the oak tree shows up next to the phantom. And the oak tree also sy symbolizes things throughout this. So if you remember back when we were looking at the staircase um, in the load area, and there's a big giant tree outside the window when Melanie's like looking out the window, and it's shadowy, right? Well, those are actual branches of an oak tree. So here, when the, we first see the phantom as we're coming um into this catacombs area there's a big oak tree next to him when we see him we'll see it later as we're leaving the attraction there's a big oak tree that used to have a noose on it the oak tree is definitely a major character so to speak of the phantom manor needless and, uh, to say jeff is very happy that the <laughs> tree exists <laughs> he's like look at this oak tree <laughs> Um, so I was looking it up because I was like, okay, what does an oak tree symbolize? Because I was like, this is, it's not, it can't be just coincidence that they actively chose to put this oak tree all these places. Um, it symbolizes strength, endurance, power, and wisdom. Hmm. Um, and it can also symbolize protection. So it could be like, you know, Henry trying to protect Melanie from these suitors, but he has a lot of power over her. And he also is exuding a lot of strength. Like, I'm, you know, I'm just like, just kind of, I'm just putting some pieces together. I'm like, it really is very symbolic that it's this large looming thing that is over Melanie, which is her dad, um, AKA the Phantom. So um, we'll get into when we go to the exit later, there's also a little bit more about the tree that I'll share then, but uh, just, just keep an eye out for the oak trees as we make our way through the rest of the Get day. excited, arborists, because <laughs> there's more coming. <laughs> oh my goodness uh so let's see okay so we saw the phantom we saw goliath 
Um, and now we're descending down into a place where we see a whole bunch of skeletons in the catacombs uh, or the netherworld as uh, as uh, Burke called it or the underworld or there's a lot of names for this. <laughs> like, um, so the skeletons that you'll see here are WDI purchased these plastic skeletons from a company that normally supplies them to medical schools and colleges. So they're not real, like the ones that were in Pirates of the Caribbean once upon a time. Uh, they're just ones that you use for like education. <laughs> um, the largest skeleton was for the Phantom character, which was six foot three. Um, and they, they purchased them in bulk in different dimensions, the larger for the men and smaller for the women. And <laughs> that scene was like my favorite when we went down that you're like, you're on now. So, um, this scene is a, it's got a husband and a wife is what this is. And she's like, I don't know if she's trying to put him in or take him out quite honestly of this coffin. Um, he looks like he's trying to Elliot, get at you. If you're listening <laughs> to this episode, run. Just <laughs> But it is, the coffin kind of opens and shuts a little bit and there's a, there's a skeleton inside the coffin who's kind of like leaning on his elbow and his like leg is one leg's crossed over the other. And to me, he's he ready looks... to die. Honestly, he's like, I've had enough. She's still nagging him as he's going in. He's ready. He's ready to go to rest. <laughs> um, so we see that one. I do have original um, concept art if before we get too far into this, Kirk, from from this place. And they had 15 skeletons that were originally going to be in this which I thought was really interesting and that it would have had a, um, this is a really long one, so I'll show you maybe in pieces, but we'll get to the singing bus in a minute. But um, they had in the back, they had a crypt for the phantom himself and it said phantom on it. And it was kind of sinking down into the dirt uh, with broken gates and then roots uh, pouring over the word phantom. And uh, then they had a lot of other skeletons just doing, you know, what skeletons do in the afterlife <laughs> you know trying to hold on to their pelvis and swinging from the <laughs> the roots <laughs> like look what is he doing i don't know <laughs> i don't know and they just you like put your hand up on my hip when you dip i dip we dip you <laughs> Oh my gosh okay um but there is you will see a lot of the concepts that they did end up using for this like uh there's a a skeleton who is playing um skulls like the drums and uh lots of other things so this is this this is the original concept art and they did scale down at this catacomb section quite a bit do you want to talk about some of the other skeletons we see in there sure i'm just gonna press play and allow us to gander at a couple um wasn't there Okay, now I'm confused about the positioning of these again because I haven't seen it. But there's there's many men and women, uh, and they're all dressed up. Was there a bride skeleton there before? Yes, there was okay. in the old version, and then they realized it was confusing people because everybody thought it was Melanie, but it wasn't right. supposed That's to I'm be saying. Melanie. <laughs> right. So in the new version, they changed it to this where they kind of changed the clothes and then gave it different hair so um 
Yeah, Looks like so the it's... guy from the night before Christmas. <laughs> I am my nightgown and cap. Yes, yes. Settled in for a long winter's nap. So they, so the, yes, that was a change they made in 2018 to clarify the storyline. Yeah, it was it's... confusing. I thought it was terribly confusing yeah. when I was doing my research too. I was like, wait, there was a bride here? Yeah. No, that's, it wasn't Melanie. So there you have it. I mean, there are other brides than Melanie, you know, we're not. It's true. Is that guy crawling? He's crawling out of a tunnel is one of oh. the other ones. Yeah. And he's kind of reaching for you. Oh, there he is. He's over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And one of the ones that you probably already, I think you already went by it earlier, Kirk, was one that is directly comes from the U.S. parks. And it is a skeleton in a coffin trying to lift the lid and get out, which we do see. Is in- that this one? Mm-hmm. Here, so I have this one. I thought that was a carriage. <laughs> yeah, it's so dark. I told you. Yeah. But if you remember that original effect where we get Exitensio's voice saying, "Let me out of here," right? So this is uh, um, you see Yale Gracie here, the illusionist, illusioneer. Um, make no it. mistakes. He was trying to hammer that skeleton in there. Right? He was like, <laughs> "Dude, I don't, I don't need this ugly buggy stuff. I'm slamming this in." He does have a mallet in his hand. I know, dude. He's trying to hammer <laughs> home his point. Um, yes. And so then we had the couple, which honestly now you can't see. <laughs> I swear, this guy, he to me, he doesn't look bored. He looks like he's like he's like trying to hit on you and she's like, No, you don't, and like I'm gonna shove this close so you can't get away. It's so weird. I was so like, What, what are you is doing with her? Wait right to hang out. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't think they um, use any of those things. So yeah, in this the current iteration, you really can't see her like hardly at all. So you don't get that there are a couple. You just kind of see the dude in the like coffin. Okay, who else? We got the crawling we did the crawling skeleton with the one trying to get out of the casket. Mm-hmm. And then we have this, I think the singing bus come next um, after that. Yeah. Well, there there was like the dangling one that's oh, in yeah. the corner. And then, yeah. And then we get into a quartet of singing busts. So in that original concept, there was four of them, but one of them was a woman, which, you know, reminds me of our dear Aunt Lucretia. Who yeah, was she was like supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. So they swapped it out. For instead of a woman, and there's also another in the model for this area. This I thought was fascinating. So this is the model. If you look down at the bottom there, and you see four the four singing busts, they're more like cowboys and like yeah. old west. I'm not gonna lie, I kind of wish they kept that. Mm-hmm. Me too. Because it's like these guys don't even make sense why they're there. No, because we don't. We don't have a. We don't have a library scene that shows these busts. Or any style like that. You know? Well, I, so my theory is that, so here's the original concept art with Aunt Lucretia, just in case you guys are wondering what we're talking about. These, there was going to be six singing busts in the um, US version of the Haunted Mansion, and the sixth one was Luc- Aunt Lucretia, who is the very stern looking woman there. Instead, she's used uh, multiple places like the library. Um, the portrait gallery and also on top of the mantle. She does show up there. Um, 
But so my theory as to why they use these instead was because they realized they would have to record all new versions with all new actors in order to do the old west version because they did they couldn't look the same and it would have cost more money and they were really trying to cut they cut the budget a whole bunch on this attraction so i think that's why we they're just like it was easier and cheaper Boo. to just use what they already had Boo. yeah Boo. <laughs> but one of them is um uh, Thurl Ravenscroft, when Uncle Theodore is no longer broken in this one, even though he was in the concept art, he's upright, which is a departure from the U.S. parks. Um, and then uh, Cousin Algernon, who's played by Chuck Schroeder, was removed. So that's why there's only four. There's uh, Rollo Rumpkin, who's who's uh, Vern Rowe, Uncle Theodore, uh, who's Thurl Ravenscroft, Uncle Ned, um Ned Nub, who's Jay Meyer, and then Phineas P. Pock, who's Bob Ebright. So that's who you see there. And yeah, so we have them because budget cuts. <laughs> Boo. Boo. Yeah. Sorry, those those were ghostly noises. That's not actually. <laughs> and then I don't know if you see, I don't think I have a picture of this. Do you see the ones that are like two of them doing like a tug of war over some bones? Right here. It's like there. It's yeah. Real quick. I think it's yeah, a bone, but from some other angles, it looks like something else. And so I'm not entirely sure what yeah. it is. I don't know. <laughs> I did see in some concept art, it looked like a bone. So they're having a tug of war. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then uh, we see the, the skeleton who is uh, just like in the concept art, playing those skulls like xylophones. The skeletons uh, play music in their own bones, as in like the skeleton dance. If you remember that uh, original, the first, very first Silly Symphony cartoon that Walt Disney ever made that they didn't want to put in theaters uh, because they thought it would be too macabre. And uh, he said, no, I'm going to pay for it and make it go and do it anyway. And so it premiered in the Carthay Circle Theater in 1929. And it was essentially skeletons dancing uh, around and doing silly things. So um, so this is kind of a play on that with the skeletons playing music. It also resembles a scene from Up I Work's Skeleton Frolic, which was essentially like a color remake of the skeleton dance that was released by Columbia Pictures. And it looks like this. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Very, very, very similar to that. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's all I have for that. And then beyond that, I think there's just a, a hearse with a coffin falling out of the back. Mm -hmm. Which is very much like the graveyard. Grand Hall. Yeah. Uh, the, the Grand Hall too, but the graveyard has a, a hearse as well. There's yeah. just a lot of hearses. <laughs> we got some good lighting effects on our hearse. It's now like illuminated red after the yeah. recent very very short refurb oh i'm excited to see that one i haven't seen it since it's been refurbed so you know you know what i'm really curious will it happen on the 31st mm. will our hat box ghost materialize I in the wrong know. place in a horrible place but <laughs> it's better to have them than not have them it's true so mm -hmm. you know beggars can't be choosers so true
Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode of Distory as we explored a little bit more of the Phantom Manor. Next week, we'll be wrapping up our Phantom Manor series as we head into Phantom Canyon, which has such an incredible history uh, with uh, tying all the way back to Mark Davis and the Western River Expedition. So we're very excited to dig into the, all the nitty gritty details of that scene and also then exit uh, the Phantom Manor and really timely too for for Halloween coming up. Kirk, do you have any final thoughts as we wrap up here? Daddy, I'm indecent. <laughs> okay, close, oh, no. the, close the episode. Quick. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We really appreciate you being with us, as always. And uh, and it wouldn't be distory without all you guys. So thank you for supporting us on this journey and for following along with us and learning and laughing. And, and we just appreciate you guys an all, a whole awful lot. So we'll see you next time for distory. Have a great evening. <laughs>